We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. It is super good to be back for another Friday edition of the podcast. Great to be back. Kyle, I didn't feel the energy in the intro. You doing all right? I'm doing good. I'm com- I'm I'm ready to be here. I'm excited. We've got a great show ahead of us. But I felt that too, so I threw a super good to be back for the episode. Usually, usually you come in real hot. It's true. But you it's... know, we're I think we're feeling the end of May blues here. Yeah. But we're we're gonna bring the energy to today's show. Uh, we wanted to take a tiny break from trying to interpret the tea leaves of whatever Aaron Rodgers is thinking about today. We weren't even gonna talk about Blake Bortles. Uh, We're actually going to discuss a couple of late-round rookies with someone who knows a heck of a lot about each one of them. Our listeners may remember a couple months ago we were joined by Dan Dahlke to talk about the linebackers in this draft class. Dan is a contributor to the Cheesehead TV draft guide, but Dan knows linebackers, but he also knows running backs. He wrote the positional guide for both RBs and linebackers uh, for the Cheesehead TV draft guide. So on day three of the draft, Packers did select both a linebacker and a running back. So we thought, who better to have come back to the Packaday Podcast to help us 
get into these prospects than somebody who has spent a lot of time, uh, hours upon hours, looking at these players. And so we asked, and uh, Dan said yes, because we because we asked. So he's back with us today. <laughs> so Dan, thanks for taking the time to join us on the Packaday Podcast. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, we have a lot to talk about, and hopefully it's non-Rodgers related, and we can get into some of these late-round picks. So first question, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I'm <laughs> Dan's only request is if he if he came on the podcast that we wouldn't make him talk about Aaron Rodgers. That I, was... We could talk about it. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Of course, the running back and the linebacker that Andrew alluded to earlier are Boston College linebacker Isaiah McDuffie and running back Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State, whom the Packers took in the sixth and seventh rounds, respectively. Of course, this is the second year in a row that the Packers have taken a player from the Boston College Eagles football program after, of course, A.J. Dillon last year. So uh, let's go ahead and start with McDuffie. Dan, as someone who watches an unhealthy amount of linebackers, I'm just curious, how are we feeling about that McDuffie selection? What's to like about Isaiah McDuffie? Well, honestly, it's hard to have too strong of feelings on a six-round pick, but of course I do. Uh, so <laughs> I did a lot of work on the linebackers, so I felt pretty comfortable uh, with my understanding of where McDuffie is going to land. And I did view him as a late-round pick, so that's kind of where you know, sixth, seventh round, maybe even undrafted is where I was expecting him to go. And um, I felt a little bit mixed about the selection. Uh, you know, I was hoping that maybe they would pick a linebacker a little earlier. I knew that they probably not in the top three rounds, but maybe in the fourth or fifth round. So waiting till the sixth round, you're going to kind of get what you get. And I think McDuffie, uh, you know, there's a lot of lot to like, honestly, but there's a lot that's a little concerning. And uh, his game's very raw. He's still pretty young. I think he just turned 22, or he's about to turn 22 in a month. Um, but some things about McDuffie that I like about his game, that if you go to the film, uh, you see a guy that plays pretty fast, which is exciting, and he'll make a lot of flash plays, which is great. And you see him work downhill really well. Uh, he can fill in holes and gaps. And he's pretty physical at the contact point, which is would be great to see from our linebackers in Green Bay. Um, so you like the aggression, you like how fast he plays, uh, but his game is definitely sloppy and there's definitely a lot to clean up there. I will will promise that I will not call him O.J. McDuffie anymore. Um, <laughs> O.J. was a former Dolphins wide receiver and I have said it at least three times post-draft in conversations with other folks. So I will I will stop. I just Googled while you were talking to make sure that they are not in fact father and son. And they are not. So <laughs> you know, let's let's talk I guess we'll get back to Isaiah. I don't know what's going on in my head today. But, but with with Isaiah, where where do you see his fit within this Packers team? Yeah, I think immediately you gotta think special teams, especially as a late round guy, but just even his skill set, I think he'd be an instant special teams upgrade. And I do think he's going to, you know, take reps from maybe guys like Oren Burks will be then expendable uh, this summer. And, you know, Oren Burks has really only been a special teams guy. So I think McDuffie could take that role if they cut Oren Burks. Um, as far as the defense goes, I see his fit being pretty limited, at least initially, until he develops further. You would you'd hope that he could maybe be like an early down run stopper. 
but he really doesn't quite fit that mold. He's not a Kamal Martin or Chris Barnes. I think I don't think he's going to leapfrog either of those two. Um, I do think he's you know maybe a little bit more upside than like Ty Summers, um, but I do think McDuffie he's light. He struggles to get off blocks. That's that was my big worry with his game. I'm fine with him being aggressive and downhill. Um, you know, even he makes a lot of mental processing errors and over pursues gaps, but you have to appreciate how aggressive he is. Now, if he can play some sub package roles and have some defensive linemen in front of him that keep him clean, he can make some plays and swarm to the ball. But I just don't think you're going to put him in and really feel confident that he can do all, all the things at the position. And I didn't think he graded out that well as a, in a coverage guy either. So I know some people are talking about maybe he could be like a third down linebacker uh, because of his speed. But I thought his you know um, change of direction was a little bit stiff and his coverage and his awareness and coverage was a little bit uh, limited there. And he definitely gets lost a bit. One thing he does bring that maybe they develop further and give him some kind of role in the, on the defense is – he is a pretty good pass rusher. So when he blitzes, he shows some good speed, especially off the edge or on twists. And he will bring some pressure. And, you know, his aggression will also serve as well in that area. And I also thought he was a pretty good quarterback spy. So if you're playing an athletic quarterback, he can spy pretty well. Um, but as far as immediate fit, I'd see a long ways to go before he sees the field ahead of Martin or Barnes. Okay. And, and you mentioned Ty Summers. And one of the things about Summers, he was an incredible athlete, and we're we're still kind of waiting to see if he's more than just a special teams player or somebody who, you know, runs to the ball and and cleans up uh, on running plays. But is is that where you see McDuffie as like a special teams only guy, or is there some some upside there that potentially this guy could be a player? Yeah, I, I think his ceiling's higher than Summers, and I do think you know. It'll be good to see what he can do in the preseason. I think he's going to be a guy that third quarter, fourth quarter of the preseason is going to make some plays and fans will get really hyped about. And then, you know, if he plays any kind of reps on defense, the fans will hate him because he'll blow assignments and things like that. But I do think he's young, he's young enough and he's got enough raw talent. And again, he's a coach's son. So he's, again, A-plus character kid, works hard, is going to hit the weight room. And I think functional strength is where he really needs to pick, take a big step. And I know he benched well at his pro day, uh, but still when he plays, you'd like to see more strength, better technique. And I think all those things can be coachable. So he could play a bigger role, you know, a year or two down the road. And I just don't see that necessarily Ty Summers. So I, I kind of see McDuffie, and I don't want to curse him here, but as like an Oren Burks type player where he's got a lot of raw talent, but needs some time to develop. And now it didn't work out so much for Oren Burks, and we all know that. Uh, but maybe McDuffie, you know, without any kind of immediate pressure to contribute right away, could develop into a pretty good player. He's just not there yet. And also the difference is they took him in the sixth round as a project instead of the third round like Oren Burks. Yeah. Yeah, really, really interesting player. And a player that I think was not on a ton of people's minds, you know, going into the draft. But when you get into those day three picks – the Packers seem to have this kind of trend of swinging for the fences in those rounds where you know that the, if you play it safe, you're going to get guys who are at best, 
you know, a, a special teams player. And it seems like Isaiah McDuffie has that floor. But like you said, it looks like they're swinging for the fences, hoping for somebody who may just flip the switch and be that kind of a athlete that turns into a, a starter and a player, like Andrew said. So let's go ahead and switch things over here uh, to Kylan Hill, the running back from Mississippi State. Uh, Hill is really, really interesting as a player. Uh, Andrew, Maggie, and myself did a mock draft simulation in April, and I almost picked Kylan Hill in the fourth round in that simulation. And like an idiot, I picked running back Khalil Herbert instead because I can't get that lucky. But regardless, I thought Hill was someone who was going to go in that fourth or fifth round range of this draft. Instead, he almost goes undrafted, and the Packers get him at pick 256th in the seventh round. So Dan, tell me just a little bit more about what green Bay is getting in Hill and why maybe Packers fans should be a little bit excited about a seventh round pick as crazy as that sounds. Hey, well, Herbert's a pretty good player too. So that's yeah. fine that you almost picked him, but uh, I like Kylan Hill a lot. And actually I love this pick and it's hard to, if you're watching the draft or tracking it, it's really hard to get excited at all about, your team's seventh round pick, or it's always a pick where you're like, who the heck is that? Maybe he'll be on the practice squad. But I think this is a rare situation where maybe for once we have a seventh round pick actually be able to contribute right away, make the 53-man roster, and even be you know on the active game day roster on a regular basis. I think Hill, you know, because he's a running back, could be a player like that where he really shines in the preseason and in training camp, and it really you know carves out a role as that third running back potentially. But I also think he could be a good special teams guy. But I actually had Hill's uh, my number or yeah my ninth overall running back in this class, and I had him as a top five running back after the 2019 season. So if you go back to December 2019, he actually declared for the draft, and then a few weeks later, a month later, he actually backed out. And um, when people asked him why he decided to go back to Mississippi State, it was because they hired Mike Leach from Washington State. And Mike Leach, if you know anything about him, I live in Washington, so I'm pretty familiar. Like, he does the spread out pass offense. He does not really run the ball, which kind of drives some people crazy. And I think uh, from what I've heard, Hill wanted to kind of go back one more year and prove that he can pass protect and catch the ball out of the backfield because everyone knew already what he could do as a runner. However, I do think that decision hurt his draft stock quite a bit, and it's kind of too bad. And His 2020 season is a bit of a mess. Um, he does show really good pass pro and good hands out of the backfield, and I think that helped him a lot. But he you know, only played in two games, really. I think one game he set out because of a concussion, and then there was some kind of um, you know, blow-up or argument with coaches that was going to get him suspended for the fourth game. So then he ended up just quitting and declaring for the draft. So I think that whole, how his 2020 season really. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, how he handled it really hurt his draft stock because I think talent-wise... This was uh, maybe a late third round, definitely a fourth round type of guy. But I think there was some character concerns. And I know um, coming out of high school, there's character concerns with him. And it seems from what his college coaches have said that that got a lot better. But just the way he ended with Mississippi State was kind of ugly. And I think that really you know, made people concerned about taking him uh, too early in the draft. So I think that's why he falls to the seventh round. But he is a great talent, like explosive runner, really physical. I think he can do all the things that Jamal Williams did in this offense. Um, and I, you know, he's not going to be the most agile, you know, shifty guy. But he's a really good one one cut runner, gets downhill fast, is physical, and, and can make some hay. And I think he's a really great find there at the end of the day three. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, and I think it was Ben Fennell on Monday's Pack-A-Day podcast that was saying, you know, people don't care who the third running back is on your team in the summer, but come November, it's usually pretty important, right? So we, we anticipate that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are probably going to take the colossal amount of snaps for the Green Bay Packers this season, but they're only one injury away from having to rely on running back three. And I, I would anticipate that when it comes to training camp in the preseason, we're going to see a lot of Kylan Hill, Patrick Taylor, and Mike Weber do you think Hill has the upper hand right now for that third running back spot? I would give him the edge. I do like Patrick Taylor quite a bit. I think he's a bigger back that has pretty good hands as well. I just think Hill has a little bit more uh, explosiveness, a little bit more ability to make guys miss in the open field. And I think he's actually a lot further along in pass protection, which I, I think that's going to be ultimately what gets him on the 53-man roster. I even think he's ahead of Dylan in pass protection. And I think Hill was trying to prove that this last year that he can be a third down running back. And I, I do think that's what will, you know, get him a spot on the team and get him on the field early on is, you know, he can be that third down running back in this offense. Cause I still think Dylan isn't quite that guy yet. And so 
Um, I think Patrick Taylor might give you a little bit more of what Dylan already offers. And so just having a third different type of runner running back, I think it gives Hill the big edge uh, from the other backs in the, on the roster. That's really interesting. So he gives you that physical piece that Dylan offers, but then also uh, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield as a, you know, an Aaron Jones type running back. So a good third running back with those traits kind of combined in that role. But that'll be really interesting. Um, you are listening to a proud Kylan Hill dynasty fantasy owner. So I'm, I'm rolling deep with uh, with Kylan Hill, hoping for some upside in a couple of years here. Um, no, I don't want I, I just want to say I don't want Aaron Jones to go anywhere, but his contract is effectively a two-year deal. So, you know, you never know. Like, things could get interesting. I just wanted to ask you one follow-up question that just popped in my head, Dan. I, yeah. And I've heard Kylan Hill described as a guy who, who doesn't have any A traits but has B traits across the board. Do, do you think that's fair? Um. I think athletically that sounds right. I actually thought his vision was an A. So that was when I was okay. scoring him for my draft guide, I thought his vision was excellent, right up there with the top backs in the draft. He just doesn't have that elite breakaway speed. So like you'll see him with good short area burst. He'll get through the line. He'll get some separation. But guys will track him down the field. So I think maybe that's what they're talking about. He's he's not a total you know power back. He's not this elite speed back that. And he's not super, super shifty, but he has a, a really good one cut kind of, um, you know, style about him. But his vision, I thought, was excellent. I didn't see him making a lot of poor decisions. And also, just to kind of, I know this isn't always talked about, but he did not fumble once at Mississippi State. And so his ball uh, protection, I would say, is also A+. plus. Very nice. Yeah, very, very interesting. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this preseason, maybe more. And maybe it's just because we didn't have one <laughs> last year, but maybe more than any preseason in history between the quarterbacks, the running backs, uh, some new uh, weapons at wide receiver. It's going to be a really, really fun preseason. So look forward to August, everybody, right? But, yeah. um, Dan, I know your focus is on linebackers and running backs. That's kind of where you live. Um, but you're a draft junkie, just like us. So I know you have thoughts on this whole Packers class. And so what are your takeaways from draft weekend and this class that the Packers have brought in in 2021? Yeah, man, that's that's a big question. There's a lot to chew on. I, I, I was actually surprised how many players they picked. I thought they would, you know, uh, move up a little bit more. But, there's yeah, there's a lot of guys to get excited about. Um, I, seem, I mean, I'm pretty positive about this draft class. I thought the Stokes pick was solid. I wasn't like crazy about it, but I didn't think it was bad by any means, and I get what they're thinking there. And I love the day two picks, you know, Myers and Amari Rogers. I thought were excellent. I just love the fits, and those are two guys who can contribute right away. And you have to love Amari Rogers' potential in the Matt LaFleur offense, just all the different things he can do. And we finally get a guy that, you know, is pretty top-end talent at that kind of gadget position who can do jet sweeps and make some plays out on on the perimeter under like a bubble screen. And I love that Rodgers also is a great blocker and is tough and physical and will make those catches over the middle of the field. And so I think they've definitely been missing that uh, in this offense. I also actually like Royce Newman a lot, and I, didn't, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about him. And I did like a deep dive piece on him uh, after the draft, as well as Isaiah McDuffie. And I thought Newman brings a lot of versatility and athleticism, and he might not be a guy that 
wows anybody in the preseason, but I could see him really making some big jumps midway through the season and eventually making his way into the lineup, kind of like John Runyon. But I, I think he just offers a lot of potential. And the way they use their linemen to get out in space and the kind of their zone blocking scheme, I thought Newman was a great pick. And I really like his ability out in space and, I, and, and just ability to get to the second level. I just thought that was really impressive, especially for a fourth-round guy. Now, the one area that I was a little um, unsure about or disappointed, I guess, I guess disappointed. Sure, I'll just <laughs> I like hesitant to say disappointed because who who knows really. But um, I thought they would do a little bit more to to shore up the inside of their defense, the interior. So like, you know, nose tackle and inside linebacker. And I I actually like T.J. Slayton, but you know, waiting till the fifth round and then the sixth round to address the inside of your defense. I it's a little nerve wracking for me, especially since that was such a weakness the past few seasons. And so um, I think Slayton has potential, but when was the last time you saw a day three defensive lineman make an impact in their rookie season? Yeah. And even like day two defensive linemen don't usually do a whole lot their first year because it's such a hard position to get used to and adapt to in the NFL. So I think Slayton's almost a pick for the future. It just seems like there's not a lot of immediate help this year for defensive line, which makes me a little nervous going into the season unless they go sign a you know a veteran and i kind of feel the same thing about inside linebacker and i know it's not a position that's valued super high in this kind of defense and i know people have talked that and made the point that maybe there's only one inside linebacker on the field for most of the reps but you know chris barnes and kamal martin i think are all right and i think they got another okay guy in mcduffie and another okay guy in ty summers but i just not super excited about really anybody at that position. And I, if you look at the teams the Packers faced, you know, just how devastating what, was it when they faced a, a team with really good off-ball linebackers? And I know that's not a Green Bay's philosophy, so I'm not surprised they didn't take one in the second or third round. But I was, there's part of me hoping that maybe they, you know, bring in a butt kicker at inside backer and really, you know, set the tone for this defense. So overall, I liked the draft. I thought I liked the offensive picks a lot better than the defensive picks. That's a really interesting point. Uh, your take on Slayton is very similar to mine in that, like, I really, really like that pick. I think it's exciting, but it almost feels like there's there needs to be, like, a stopgap bridge player uh, between those two because you the Packers spent all last season trying to acquire a player like Snacks to come in and contribute right away. And so maybe he's, you know, on the fast track and he'll get there a little bit faster uh, than we expect, uh, but you know we'll, we'll see. I honestly thought the other route that they might go would be to add a third safety that would be you know like a high investment safety. So you're bringing in a you know a bigger defensive back in those kind of packages. But we didn't see them do that either. They they brought in true nickels, you know, um, instead of you know, somebody like bigger that could be that guy that plays in the box or drop Amos in a little bit more often. So we'll see. You know, we don't know what this defense is going to look like. We got a new coordinator and and Coach Barry, and so we'll see what they do. Um, but you know, I don't want to get you out of here without asking you. Your take on Aaron Rodgers? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you can do, um, <laughs> do you have any other uh, things coming up here uh, before we get you out of here uh, that you'd like to maybe push our way? As far as I, I know, you had a Cheesehead TV piece that came out uh, shortly a couple weeks ago. That maybe people would be interested in. Yeah, I, I had a deep dive where I, you know, used some of the film from Isaiah McDuffie. Same with Royce Newman, where I show some clips. So if you want to see. 
you know, some of the things we've talked about with McDuffie's game, you want to actually see it from the film. I have a piece on Cheesehead TV about that, and I might come out with another one about Kylan Hill, just kind of a deep dive into his game and actually show some clips about, you know, what can they do well, what do they need to improve on. And then uh, this summer, we might might start doing a series of just kind of some 2022 draft players, potential draft players to watch in college before the college season takes off. Nice. Awesome, man. Well, we really do appreciate you taking the time to join us on the Pack-A-Day podcast. Help us to get to know Isaiah McDuffie, uh, Kylan Hill a little bit better. So uh, make sure you go out and follow Dan on Twitter. He's at DanDalkey86. Uh, make sure you give him that follow. And then again, Dan, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to talk with us on the Pack-A-Day podcast. Yeah, of course. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely, and I'm I'm really looking forward to. It. I'm gonna try really hard to remember to link the the Newman and the McDuffie stories when when this episode comes out. But then also just like an opportunity to get a little bit of a a jump start on 2022 prospects. I think will give me something to do yeah. over the summer. So um, definitely looking forward to that as well. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. You can get to Kyle and myself every single Friday. We'll be back next week with more off-season coverage. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.